world. It's Friday. Welcome to the Friday episode, the first Friday in April, which means it's finally springtime in Seattle. Finally, Donna, how are you? I'm great, Matt. Thank you so much for, um, you know, just being you. And it's it's been a, it's been quite the week, by the way. We've had Imagine Cup, we had MVP Summit, soon we have a bunch of stuff. Oh, by the way, I already have homework for everyone before we even start the show. Um, the Microsoft Business App Summit. So the summit devoted to things like Dynamics, some team stuff, Dataverse, Power Platform, obviously, is coming up on May 4th. I'll be hosting with a bunch of other amazing people. So register. Uh, all of the registration stuff will be in the show notes um, at uh, Hello World, so you can find them after. But go register for MBAS. It's going to be a great show. You can see it here below, aka.ms, Hello World. Register. Uh, by the way, table talks are open for MBAS, so if there's a topic you'd like to discuss, <clears throat> Power Platform, um, drop in the table talk. Uh, go sign up for the Power Automate desktop one. That's going to be great. Um, oh, also, Matt, did you register for the Ability Summit yet? Not yet. I first found out about that today, Donna, from a tweet of yours earlier this morning. And so yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So Ability is our uh, summit devoted to all of the assistive tech that exists in the world and the assistive tech that we wish existed in the world. So right now, there are apparently about 1 billion plus disabled, neurodivergent, and people with mental health concerns in the world. But actually, that number is probably way, way, way higher because many people have not disclosed. And also, most people don't know. Like, honestly, most people don't know. I, of course, found out I was dyslexic in my 30s. Uh, up until then, I thought I was just a really bad reader or had stage fright. Um, and I believe that throughout the course of our lifetime, almost every single one of us is going to be impacted by disability, neurodivergence, or mental health at some point or another, either because we're born with it like me, or do a situation like an accident or something, or just aging, like honestly aging. Like right now, my father-in-law definitely needs hearing aids, and um, having a meeting like this over Teams, he needs his hearing aid to plug into the speakers before he can just have a call. So it's going to affect us all. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to this summit because mm -hmm. as you're you're right, absolutely right, it affects everybody hands mm -hmm. down. And it's there's gonna be a lot of interesting topics. And so yeah, I'm definitely gonna register. Exactly. No doubt so, about that. Again, registration is in the Hello World show notes. So today we've got quite the exciting show. Do you want to tell everyone who's here? Oh, absolutely. But first, mm -hmm. Donna, I want to mm -hmm. do break some news to you. Is, what? Um, this is my last Hello World <gasps> show, Donna. Yeah. What? Wait, 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 wait. You're just abandoning me to host by myself. Yeah, no, no, no. I I am actually upgrading. I am bringing Suiki Sapathi on to be my new host, your new co-host. And Suiki is amazing. She's awesome. She's going to be a tremendous upgrade. Suiki, hi. Introduce yourself real quick. Hi, hello everyone. I'm Suiki. I'm from the mobile customer advisory team. I'll be taking Matt's space next week. I'm hopefully going to make sure this upgrade is a bug-free and smooth process. There's oh, going to be we're gonna have no fun. regressions. Mm -hmm. so. No regressions. Welcome to the team, Squeaky. And it's going to be so fun to have your point of view on all things mobile and customer engagement. Donna, do you like how I got another Xamarin person involved? We have Power like Platform and Xamarin going all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this definitely feels like, you know, th this doesn't feel like a scheme at all. Like this, mm -hmm. this seems completely random and unplanned. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it happened. <laughs> 
Okay, by the way, we've got like a major episode today. We've got all kinds of good things. Do you know we just came off of MVP Summit Week and next week is RD Summit Week. So of course we've got Claire Smith from the MVP team, RD team talking to one of our RDs, Elena. Um, and then I believe you and Scott Stanfield are blowing stuff up again. Mm -hmm. The most uh -huh. dangerous segment on Hello World, 24 Hertz. 24 Hertz. Um, and then we've got Chloe with one of her amazing students talking about, so, her student this year, or this this episode, ran away to the circus and came back. And I was just like, this one, you, you have to see it. We've never had anyone like this on our show before. And of course, um, you're going to talk to Diego about something that's going to blow our minds for the weekend. Absolutely. Okay, so. fantastic. So let's bring up Claire and Elena to tell us about all things MVP and RD. Hello. Hello, I'm Claire and I'm joined by Elena Sunell, who is the founder of Teens in AI and she's been doing some amazing work with teenagers across the world. Hi, Elena, thank you for joining us. Hi, Claire and hello world. Thank you for having me today. That's great. Um, so what is Teens in AI? It'd be great to understand a little bit more about it. Thank you, Claire. So uh, we launched Teams in AI back in 2018 at the United Nations AI for Good Global Summit. And our mission is to improve diversity and inclusion in artificial intelligence. Uh, so what we do is run hackathons and boot camps and accelerator programs across the world in the most underrepresented communities in Africa, Southeast Asia, Latin America, United States, Europe. Uh, so pretty much every single continent where very inclusive and in, of neurodiversity, of um, every single diversity of all spectrums. And uh, we are doing this with the mission to improve diversity um, in AI and to really empower communities around the globe uh, to innovate using artificial intelligence uh, for impact and for good. That's amazing. And Elena, I know that we've spoken a few times and there are so many moving parts to this and we've just come out of a, well, I so said we've come out of a pandemic, still in the pandemic but you must have faced some real challenges. How have you overcome them? Well, the pandemic has really, really pushed us to innovate um, as a company because all of our offering was offline, face-to-face, -face, and I was uh, so convinced that it's impossible uh, to run these programs uh, online. And yet this has proven me wrong. We have been running our global programs since last March, since the start of the pandemic, and our latest campaign was run in 25 countries around the world, engaging more than a thousand girls in communities in Africa, in uh, Southeast Asia, in Fiji, in so many different parts of the world. And every single one of those girls learned how to use AI to address uh, problems in their communities, um, you know, climate change, mental health, some really, really tough problems that they have been trying to solve. And it has been just mind blowing and super inspiring to see them all in action. Yeah, that's really inspiring and mind blowing. And I mean, you must be dealing with so many different projects and activities. Is there one that sticks in your mind, one that you're able to share with us? Yes, very happy to share. In fact, uh, this project came about um, in the very first uh, lockdown uh, when the pandemic just started and the hackathon was complete, completely impromptu. We didn't plan to organize it. And there was an incredible team based in the US um, actually who ran, um, who created a project called Bridge for Good, uh, which um, 
helps um, homeless communities in the US and they have already impacted more than 50,000 homeless people um, in the US. And another project that comes to mind is actually based in the UK. And there is a team that is developing um, an app that will help young people with mental health. And they are working directly with NHS. And I'm not aware of any project like this where young people are actually able to design something for young people for the benefit of the young people in the UK and worldwide. So it's a very exciting project and, and lots of other exciting stuff that teenagers are creating that will hopefully benefit the world. Brilliant. And very quickly, I know there'll be loads of people interested in getting involved, Elena. Um, how do they go about doing that? Very easy. All you need to do, just go on our website, teensinai.com, uh, sign up, get involved. You can get involved as a mentor. You can get involved as a speaker. And if you are an industry partner and a corporate company willing to improve diversity and inclusion in AI, definitely come and join us as a sponsor in our upcoming campaigns. Um, we have an accelerator program running in the summer and the next large campaign will be taking place in October plenty of ways to get involved and definitely follow us on social media, uh, download our podcast. We have teenagers who interview uh, incredible people around the world in AI and AI ethics. So uh, lots of ways to get involved. That's amazing. Thanks so much for joining us, um, Elena. And back to Donna and Matt. Uh, Thank you. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I love how teens are doing what we adults should be and in fact are not. So who is mentoring who? Hmm. <laughs> Exactly. It makes you feel, it actually makes you feel totally inspired. And next up though, we have Scott Stanfield with mm -hmm. 24 Hertz. And last time we blew up an LED and I can't wait to see what we have planned for this episode. Yeah, Matt, I'm afraid I'm getting a reputation for breaking things. Um, and you know, what we did was simply not follow the directions, which is, which is what I think most makers and hackers do. But I applied Instead of three volts to make this thing work, if you apply the wrong voltage, bad things will happen. But what I want to do is to take this idea of lighting an LED um, and move it kind of the next phase because as a programmer, I would like to write code. And so what I have in my hand here is this uh, new Raspberry Pi Pico. And it's from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. And it has um, in the very middle, this little tiny chip that's the size of my fingernail, the new RP2040 chip. This is a custom piece of silicon that the Raspberry Pi Foundation commissioned, um, licensed an ARM chip and made this microcontroller. Now, the world of microcontrollers is new to me. In fact, the code I'm about to show you, I got working last night. And I'm trying to really kind of bring you along, share the journey that I'm on about learning more about how we use microcontrollers, which are everywhere, to read sensors and you know, activate and change the, change the environment around us. So um, what I'm going to do is open this up. I thought it's such a cool packaging. I've been saving this. Um, this is in like a little, it looks like a little piece of film, which is very appropriate for 24 hertz. Um, but it's got, I guess it's a tape out of a CPU. And again, I bought four of these in case um, I break one, but they're really cute. You know, they're, it's got this, uh, the custom chip is there in the middle and it's got a USB micro on the end. And what's amazing, they're $4 four bucks is really cheap. So what, what I've done with this is I've connected it to another Raspberry Pi, like the proper Raspberry Pi computer um, over the serial port. And then I'm gonna connect to the Raspberry Pi from my Mac. So we're gonna do two jumps 
And we're going to jump into my screen right now. Let me show you what that looks like. So I have a terminal window here, and this could be you could be doing this yourself from a Mac or a PC or a Raspberry Pi or Linux. I'm just going to log into my Raspberry Pi, and this is the core controller for my robot Moab. We're going to be building up to that. This is really starting small, and I've already connected to it. Looks like it's connected over USB. So I'm going to connect using this program called Minicom, which is a really old terminal program. And Matt, you may have remembered in times past using, well, maybe not, but using a modem to connect to another serial device. That's what we're doing here. So I'm connecting to the serial port and I get a prompt. Okay. And in this prompt, I'm running MicroPython. This is a REPL, the read, evaluate, print loop, where I can type hello world. And this is wild because this, this interactive programming environment I have that's the thing that Python is running on that little chip the size of my pinky. Uh, I was able to install MicroPython last night by downloading it from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. Can, I held down a button, booted the chip, and then just simply drag and dropped this new um, the, the BIOS or the bootloader onto the chip, let go, plugged it in, and did this. So so far so good. Now our goal is to light an LED. Now later and you know. Well, let's build up to it. Uh, lighting my own kind of custom five millimeter LED. We'll get to that. We're going to use the built-in LED. Um, and I, I always like to joke, um, a lot of the demos at Microsoft are like, look, with three lines of code, but this really is three lines of code. Um, I'm going to import the um, the pen, the pen functionality from the machine library that represents everything on the box. I'll create a new variable that wraps the pin number 25, which is the special pin that's attached to the onboard LED. And I'm telling it, I want to talk to it. I'm going to send it commands versus reading uh, the state of the system from that pin. And so now I have this variable that I can call toggle on. Let's see if we can get the Raspberry Pi, the Pico side by side with the code. Um, I'm going to hit this hit return and we'll see. Let's see. Can we come back? Am I sharing that? Oh, sorry, that's me, that's my camera. So I'm gonna go back and forth and run the toggle and I'm just re-executing this line of code. And so I'm making that little tiny LED you know, change its state by toggling it through code. So that was, I was excited. I mean, it's such a basic thing, right? It's four bucks, it's, it's like three lines of Python, but it, it, you know, after doing software for so long in my career to start to take it down to a point where I can do you know, connect to real hardware is fun. So I'm going to be sharing that with you. Future episode, I have to use a soldering iron to add pins to it, and then we're going to start adding other components. So stay tuned. I love it. That's amazing. That was so cool. Okay, so you're programming off of a thing the size of her fingernail with three lines of Python code. Like, that is amazing. And yeah. we just did this this morning. So I love what a lifelong learner Scott is and how he's always learning newfangled things. He's so excited to show them to us. Lifelong learners are so important, Matt. Speaking of lifelong learners, um, our next guest legitly ran away to the circus. Uh, and I think she's our most fun guest we've ever had. Can we bring on Claire and Lena, or <laughs> Chloe and Lena? Hello, hello. 
Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the student segment. Now, we've had a bunch of different types of students on the show. We've had Microsoft student ambassadors. We've had folks who are self-taught. We've had university graduates. But today, we are going to be talking about a clown turned engineer. Welcome to the show, Lorena. Hello. Hello. Hi. So, Lorena, you are right. Oh, I'm pointing the wrong way. Right here in this picture. I um, am. I'll zoom in a little bit here in a second. But tell us about your journey from clown to engineer. Absolutely. So I uh, am a community college dropout. Uh, not all of us know what we want to do when we're young. And uh, so I started off college and uh, figuring things out, ended up getting really interested in comedy and going to clown school and then uh, using those skills to run away and join the circus. Uh, that is a thing that you can still do in the world. And I did it. I traveled for six years with uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus here in the United States and Mexico. And then I got a contract to tour around Japan with uh, the biggest circus in Japan for almost two years. So at the end of the day, I worked for almost eight years as a professional clown and I loved every minute of it. It's such an amazing job and adventure. But at the end of the day, I was tired of traveling 52 weeks out of the year and having nowhere real to call home. So I ended up in New York City, which is a city that I love and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next with my life. And um, I looked at my old friend, Chloe, and all the things she was doing uh, with Microsoft and with engineering and thought, this is something that seems really interesting. Um, and I started playing around with uh, coding on my own uh, right around a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic last year. And, uh, and that led me to where I am now. I love that. And as you can see in this picture here, y'all, we've got a very Lisa Frank, uh, Betsy Johnson inspired clown here. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> You have not only lived in Japan, traveled the world, lived on a train out of a trunk, like a true circus performer. Yes. What, what has it <laughs> been like to learn a new skill and switch careers during a global pandemic? Well, actually, it was surprisingly easier than I expected. I think coming from a circus background, circus people are used to working hard. They're used to working long hours. Circus is a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's not something for the faint of heart. We work long hours. Uh, we work, you know, six, seven days a week. So uh, it actually gave me the skills I needed to uh, pivot and like really dive into really hardcore learning to uh, handle software engineering. So I started playing around with it on my own and fell in love with it very quickly and like dove headfirst into like 24 seven coding. <laughs> And I have this adorable picture up here. Uh, Lorena did a first day of her boot camp photo, like a lot of you know kindergartners, first graders do, and an after photo here. I've loved seeing your transition. In exactly a year, you reached out to me and asked about this mm -hmm. coding thing. What is your best advice for someone out there looking to get started in tech? I know it can be very intimidating to start, probably especially as the clown. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was a little intimidating just figuring out where to start. There are so many, you can like Google and there are millions of resources on the internet, but what are the good ones? Like, so 
some free resources that I found super helpful were Code Academy. They have some free resources and they have a, a pro level, which early on in the pandemic, they were offering scholarships to their pro level, which was really awesome. So I got three months of free pro level on Code Academy. Um, I started using Pluralsight, uh, which was also a great free resource. And that's something that I've continued to use, even though I'm done with the pandemic. They do free weekends, free classes. So I've taken advantage of those. I just learned about a new one called the Odin Project. Project, which I'm really interested in looking at. It uh, calls itself a full-time uh, free full stack uh, bootcamp. So, and it's using a different stack than the one I learned in my bootcamp. So I'm really curious to actually start going through that on my own and like expanding my skill set with these free resources that exist for anybody. Absolutely. And it's April, so it's free April on Pluralsight. There's no excuse not to start your coding journey today. Um, I love this picture here because for anybody out there who just doesn't see themselves in tech, imagine wearing a big red nose and a bunch of clown makeup. Like that's hard to see yourself in tech. And we are so, so glad that you're here, Lorena. Um, also, just to plug real quick, we have the Microsoft Global Skills Initiative, which um, has launched to help 25 million people acquire the digital skills needed in the COVID-19 economy. So everyone out there who's learning, learning to code, if a musical theater girl and a clown can do it, I think they can do it too, right, Lorena? <laughs> Absolutely. Coding is for everybody. There's room for everybody at this table. Absolutely. And uh, enough clowning around over here. Back to you, Matt and Donna. <laughs> uh, Lorena, if you can survive circus life, you can survive software engineering. You are <laughs> going to do incredible work. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Matt, I believe uh, you and Diego have some secret stuff to talk to us about today. Oh, we absolutely do because, you know, it is Friday <laughs> and there's nothing better than to finish off the week with the words of wisdom than Diego's wall. <laughs> hello, Matt and Donna and hello world. Diego, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm here in Seattle, Washington, the Microsoft headquarters in my office where, as you know, I've been collecting pieces of wisdom on my walls right here for a couple of decades. It's a beautiful decoration with a lot of things that I used to nurture my sense of wonder, but I also use it to share it with others, with you. And today I want to talk about a very special uh, post on the wall, which is actually a, a frame from a movie that I watched in 1985. The movie was called the Emerald Forest. And it was a movie that didn't want any particular award, but it stayed with me all of these decades. And I have a frame of that picture right here. And the picture is about this um, North American individual who goes with his family to Brazil and his eight-year-old son gets lost in the Amazon forest and he cannot find him. And the son gets adopted by an Aboriginal tribe. And he can only find the son 10 years later when he's about 18. So he goes back. But by that time, the son was assimilated into the Aboriginal tribe. And the son didn't want to go back to his uh, regular life. So this um, father of the son goes to the chief. This right here is the chief of the tribe. And he says, you are the chief. You are the boss. So you need to tell my son to come back with, with me and the family. And the chief says something that blew my mind at the time. He said, check this. He said, if I tell a tribe member what to do, then I am no longer chief. If I tell a tribe member what to do, then I am no longer chief. This blew my mind because the chief is the boss, the, the manager, you know, the, uh, the authority. And 
he didn't want to control this individual. So this takes me to another post on the wall that it's from a book called Too, Too Soon Old, Too Late Smart. And it reads, it reads like this. It says, the best strategy for living seems to be to control what we can without indulging the illusion that we can control everything. Perhaps another way of expressing is through another paradox. We gain maximum control when we relinquish the fantasy of total control. So again, we're trying to walk this line, all of us, between helplessness and omnipotence. We can control everything. We can control some things. And that's the line we walk. Am I making any sense so far? Um, he, you, you are, you are Diego. And, and, and as a software developer, Diego, this is really hard for me because, you know, I'm used to controlling things by the bit, you know, I have an if statement and I know exactly where my code is going. And so like when I transition into like, even, even like working in a team, it's really hard to give up that control and to mm -hmm. just, I guess, trust other people. And I guess the, yeah. how, how can I do that? How can I be a better yeah. teammate? And doing that Definitely. and you call it because people are not computers and you can't control people really i mean you you know you can control small things a small life a small project but, but if you want to do something big be part of a big team live a rich life you can't control you have to give up some of that control and it's, it's okay because we are afraid we're, we're afraid of what's going to happen if we give up control but control is an illusion and we have to empower each other. That's what we're trying to do at Microsoft, trying to, instead of controlling someone, empowering them. So the call to action would be three things. Number one, when you want to control someone, instead, ask them great questions. Empower them with great questions that they can use to think by themselves and then come to the great conclusions by themselves. That's called empowerment instead of control. Watch the MLF movie, film, I challenge you to find it from 1985. And my biggest piece of advice today is watch, uh, read this book, Too Soon Old, Too Late Smart by Dr. Gordon Livingstone. This is where I found these concepts and many more. You won't regret it. So this is Diego from Microsoft in Seattle and I'll have more for you next time. Thank you very much, Diego. That's great. Donna, what do you think of Diego's, um, Diego's advice this time? Okay, see. I have deep respect for Diego. I think he's very smart. And sometimes he just kind of blows my mind. And I'm like, wait, you want me to not do the thing? I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, by the way, we've had an amazing show, Diego. We had, from the beginning, we had Claire and Alana talking about how teens are making a world a better place using AI. Then we had Scott Stanfield using Python on an LED. That's a weird combo. And then we had this career change from Chloe and Lorena from... Circus to tech, amazing. And then your advice, which is don't do the thing. <laughs> Today, I feel like a combination of unexpected things, things you do not expect. Like, that's how I felt today's show was. What do you all think? I think yeah, it just goes to show life is a circus, you know, and uh, you never know what's going to mm -hmm. happen along your journey. <laughs> and sometimes let things flow, you know, it's trying to control, let things flow a little bit, you know, it's healthy. It's interesting what Matt said that we, as developers, we feel like we have to have control over these systems and it's, it's an illusion and it's, it's so deep. Just, I feel like I, we talk about this full stack developer and it's just, there's too much to learn. And with the internet, we have access to everything. So how do we pick what we should learn? And instead of trying to know everything, we should know enough to help understand and see things in a different way. And I think that's what great art does. It allows us to see the world through different eyes. And that's mm. what this experience is doing here. And it's part of the, this broader diversity inclusion, um, real work at Microsoft. And it's, it's really glad to, to share all this with you and to see and hear your stories as well.
Lorena and I were just DMing offline about making some AI to detect different clown makeup. So Claire and Elena, you've inspired us to incorporate clowning into AI. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Let's do magic together and impact the world. Uh, this has been an incredible, incredible experience. Thank you so much for having us. And we'll be bringing you more news about teas and AI in the future. Uh, yeah, I, I just loved this combination of teens and AI, it just goes to show, you know, the best ideas come from outside the industry. They don't come from people who've studied computer science and done the computer science thing for 20 years. Really, you do need external input. And you just come up with, you know, new solutions to decades old problems, because if, we, if they were solved, we would have solved them by now. But we really need external perspectives in this industry. So I'm so grateful for all the teens that you mentor Elena, and for people like you, Lorena, and Chloe, who decided to join us in tech from all these other industries. Having you here really is such a blessing. So thank you so much. And thank you all for being here. Um, by the way, next up, we've got the AI show live with Seth Juarez and a guest doing some really cool AI stuff. So I'm sure Lorena's or Elena's guests, Elena students will really, really like to tune into that show. And so will all of you. Stay tuned for next week's Hello World and watch the AI show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.